So I have Justin here, and we are gonna discuss stuff. Stuff. All the things. What? So, um, what we were just talking about was Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Uh, really, really great book that everybody should read. Uh, and it delves into quality, and, and what I've been exploring when it comes to that recently is who decides what's right and wrong. Where does that come from? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I have a, a thing about this, too, because for years I've been arguing, like, why is it that everyone is so offended by, like, nudity and sexuality and things that really bring people together versus, like, being genuinely offended by, like, famine and war and stuff that harms people, you know? I feel like we have an ass-backwards, like, perception on right and wrong. Right, and, and like Could where... the patriarchy be blamed? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I'm not fully bought into the idea of the patriarchy. Honestly, but... I feel like it, it's not so much the patriarchy as it is like religious indoctrination that occurred here that kind of set certain gender roles and certain like, certain like uh, superiority, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, they give out the perception that all men are conquer and destroy type of dudes that just want to rape everything. And that's fucked up. You know, that gives men a really bad, you know. And so that's why I feel like the whole concept just fucks everybody up. Yeah. Yeah, to a certain degree. Um, I mean, as far as, as far as religion goes, I was raised in like a Southern Baptist go-to-church every Sunday and listen to a old guy with one foot in the grave ramble on for two hours. Same. Well, and, Pentecostal, <laughs> but same. <laughs> yeah. And so, it, like, for me, I've always had kind of like, I have, like, waves of, of religiosity. You know what I mean? Like, where I'll, like, have something happen in my life where I'll be like, well, maybe, and then I'll think about it and it's like, well, maybe not. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, I, the best quote that I've heard to describe the way that I feel about religion is I, I try to live my life as if God exists. I do the same. So, I mean, but not, like, I mean, I'm an asshole. I cuss. You know, I do all mm-hmm. the things. But here's, but here's no, my... What it is is it's, no. I try to live my life... Uh, no, what is it? I don't remember. Yeah. I'll look it up. But, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I feel like I'm a pretty moral person, you know? I'm not saying that I have moral superiority at all, but, like, you know, there are certain boundaries I don't cross, you know, because of my morals. Mm-hmm. And, and Where I do those morals come from? From myself, from my conscience. You Where know, it's that? like... Where does that come from? That's my biggest question, to be honest. I really... Okay, so I read a study once. That like the human, uh, they did uh, they did experiments on these people as they were dying. They weighed them right before, right after. I don't know how they managed to know exactly when they were gonna die, but <laughs> right. you know they did this, and there was a very minute weight difference. You know, not including the stuff that comes out. The, you know, all that was weighed too in the process. So like, but there was just in within like seconds. There was just a a shift in the in the weight of the of people, and um, and I really you know I think I, I I would be an idiot to say that I don't believe in souls, 
you know, I think that stars are incubators for souls, like, you know, because we're all made out of star stuff. We all have, like, you know, that in our DNA. Mm -hmm. So, and, I mean, even down to trees and plants, weed, all that, you know? Right. And so I think, like, in some senses, we are all gods, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we're all kind of celestial beings, and we all just kind of don't know it. And so we behave like primal animals, <laughs> you know? I feel like if we woke up to that idea, like, and just lived our lives as though we are God, like, how would we behave then? What if it's in our, it's in our power to determine the, how well everybody else exists? Do you believe you know? in human nature? Do you believe in, in... Well, I have to. These idiots are very... Very violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but is that? Do you believe that we're born a clean slate and molded by our environment, or do you believe that we're born with a with a certain level of predeterminism? When I was in college, we actually talked about this a lot. There's there's genetic disposition, like that's your personality traits and all that. Then there's acculturation. That's what your family teaches you and all that. Then there's enculturation, which is what you learn from your friends and from school and other outside sources. So I feel like it's really just an accumulation of all those things. I don't feel like there's there's no one way to be a human. You know, like we're all we're all doing it weird. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just like with cats. You know, just like with any other animal, we are all susceptible to being idiots and we're all susceptible to being really intelligent. It's just kind of a choice, you know, especially now in the age of, edu of knowledge where we've got all this technology, we have everything we ever need to know in our phones, and yet there's still bullshit being spread everywhere. Like, right. And I feel like that's stupid. Why would anyone want to, you know, throw that out into the universe? Why would you want to spread those lies? Why would you want to mislead people, you know, when we could all just be educating each other? Well, that, I mean, that stems from, that stems from perception. So I can look at one thing, you can look at one thing, and somebody else can look at one thing, and we can all three see different things. Come and, to different conclusions and about that, it. Right, and that comes from, that, I, that, as far as I can tell, comes from the, those three things that you were talking about. Um, the, all three of those form to create one Sort of sense of moral code, I guess you could say, yeah. that we then judge everything in our life off of. Right. And so, and it's not, so like for me, I grew up in a pretty, like, so my dad was, uh, my dad was a tweaker for the, the majority of my life. He's clean now, awesome. But um, I grew up with, I grew up with my grandparents and there was always a certain level of underlying racism. You know, and I feel like, like that stems from classism, really. Right, and that was because their formative years were in the were in the fifties. Yeah. In the forties and fifties, when you know, post slavery, pre, uh, like basically in the heat of Jim Crow. Yeah. And so, there there is a level of that, and that's one thing that I've been like since all of this race stuff has started over the last couple months is when I like when I see something and I have a knee jerk reaction to it, trying to determine. How much of how much of that is is 
what they would call unconscious bias, which I don't, I mean, I think that that is a, that's a ghost hunt in and of itself, personally. Yeah. How could you know your unconscious biases, or if it exists? I feel like we all know we're consciously biased. Right. You know, that's, in the the racism thing, too, like, I noticed when, when the first time we started hearing Black Lives Matter, and then the first time I started hearing All Lives Matter, I realized that there is a correlation there. Not all of them meant that in a negative way. A lot of them are crying out saying, okay, yes, their lives matter. Also, we have issues not being addressed. You know, but rather than saying that in the most tactful way, they like, you know, they ended up starting kind of a divide. And and that's kind of where that group, you know, that I started stems from. Because I was like, okay, I want to address everyone's problems. You know, I want to, I want to find the source of everybody's issues and just spend my whole life dedicated to fixing that. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I have resources, I have friends, I have contacts, and I'll figure it out, you know? Right. And through the group, I've had more allies and help through this than anything, mm-hmm. you know? And and uh, I don't know, it's like the more, the more I get to talk to people, like almost every day I'm meeting somebody new and I'm talking to them about something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, there's so much systemic bullshit, you know, like, yeah. I mean, especially with, like, foster care systems and then, like, being raised by boomers, you know? <laughs> like, do you think that that's, do you think that that's race-oriented? Do you think that no. that is racially motivated? No. Um, I think what is racially motivated, though, is that when these lower-class people who believe that they have supremacy over other colored people and they believe that they're losing control of that then they start showing their agenda and that's what's happening here and the thing is is that's a false idea they never had control of us you know those they never had supremacy over us i've been out here doing my own thing doing my own shit (laughs) you know i love my life and i've never ever needed to answer to anybody for that you know Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I think it's just trying to lose this like false sense of control. You know, it's like it's like an abusive relationship when a woman finally tries to step out of that, and then the dude just starts like wiling out and getting right. crazy and threatening her, and you know, every little stupid thing that can happen. It's because he's scared that he's lost control. You know, he's lashing out for that. Who do you think it is though that is losing control and lashing out? I think all sides are losing control right now. Well, I mean, like, so in that in that metaphor, there's I'm I'm in my metaphor. The, the I'm talking about the people who cannot let go of the fact, like, who rather than acknowledging like the Black Lives Matter movement and acknowledging the very real, serious racial issues, like, I feel like you know they're. I mean, well, it's hard to say that. It's hard to say that they're to blame because it's it's systemic. You know, this is something that has been brainwashed and indoctrinated into them. Like, they, it's almost like looking at a child who's wrong and you have to try to spell it out for them. Like, you know. What, what systems are, are, the, the, are responsible for that indoctrination? 
so that's my my issue with si- systemic my issue with systemic racism is and and the part that I have my a hard time wrapping my mind around is it's in essence saying to a person that that there is this undefined thing that is causing hardship in your life without any way to to address or to overcome it. Okay, well, and that would be a, that in my mind if I if I was if I believed that 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 was happening to me and I, who knows and I mean it could be I'm not saying that it's not by any means I'm just based on my based on my perception and the life that I've lived as a white as just like a basic white dude um, you know there may there may be things that I don't know and I'm I accept that and I understand that but the solution to systemic racism. Is a, education is education and a change at a systematic level. That's and as far I as mean, I can tell, and that is not at my old church, Truth Tabernacle. Um, <laughs> they used to say that uh, being colored was a mark of Cain, hmm. and so that we carried original sin because we were brown, and that's why everyone else is superior to us. That was from that church. That pastor straight up fucking said that, and. That's, you know, and so shit like that, that's a problem. Right. If you tell everyone, oh, every colored person is a descendant of Cain, they carry original sin, da-da-da-da-da, then what does that do? Turn, nobody wants to hang out with that person because that's Cain's descendant, you know? And right. I live that. I, like, I got my teeth freaking knocked out when I was seven years old for being brown. I have a flipper to this day. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, there are a lot of I mean it, it goes down from there then you know even the education system fucks us over you know they don't they don't teach us our real history you know they sugarcoat it they they try to you know cushion it for you but who here knows that the Irish were enslaved too mm-hmm. who here knows that they actually had it kind of worse than the blacks did who here knows about the Asians and the trains do you know yeah. where those history books stemmed from? Do you know? So the history books in the public school system today stemmed from a book written by Woodrow Wilson, yep, um, who got his ideas from Darwin about like Darwin believed that Darwin believed that white people were the next step in evolution for humans, and his philosophy, his suggestion, was to just send all of the black people back to Africa. And let them fully evolve so they can come back. And Which that, is really ironic because now with the um, with the knowledge that we have now, the only fully Homo sapien human would be like black straight from the heart of Africa right, right. now. Like they have never mixed with Neanderthal or Denisovan DNA. So right. now we know that really whites are you know the product of the homo sapien mixing with the neanderthal and the denisovans and and there ain't shit wrong with that that's what we are now that's our you know and i mean yeah and that's why if you if you were to do a test right now you'd find you know neanderthal dna and i feel like that too causes a lot of people like the stronger that that gene is in a person i feel like that really affects how how they think and act and behave you know because if you if you're talking to a Homo sapien and versus a Neanderthal, they're probably you know they're two completely different species. 
and mm-hmm. we're interspecially bred. Like I'm, I'm probably everything, you know. But right. uh, and so like, therefore, you know, those traits will will come out. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I mean, Darwin was wrong about a lot of stuff. He thought that um, at first he thought that marrying his cousin would give them a superior. Uh, offspring because it was a pure blood or whatever but then he later found out that his daughter suffered from all these illnesses and she died because you can't keep a line that pure the only way to evolutionarily progress is to mix and get those genetics together so that those adaptations can happen like Mm. i can survive on the equator and i could survive in alaska like you know because i have a scottish mom and a hunter and dad you know right and, and that's why I think mixing, ethno-mixing, is a beautiful thing. And we have so much potential right here in America. We have something that no other country has. Mm-hmm. We have, like, depths here. And I think, you know, we could, we could become the next, the next step of evolution. Or maybe we already are. I don't fucking know. I know that we think a lot better than previous generations. So, right. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's another thing is that... The, the, the the purview of people looking at, at it, it's viewed over about a 200 year span when you have anything any like I'm my thought process really on life is that life sucks that's it just blows I mean it sucks There's mine good is about that it, it doesn't have to <laughs> good about it and the bad, as a general rule, outweighs the good, but um, we also get gratification out of being able to look at how shitty life is and still take that step forward. Yeah. And that is that to me is what makes the is what makes humans so unique. Yeah, honestly, it's. But our potential is. It's, it's like crazy because like I feel like I'm on the outside and I'm looking in and I see people and they're amazing and they're talented and they've got all this these interesting things to offer the world and you know and they're so busy at each other's throats that they can't focus on that they can't like break out of that for 30 fucking seconds and be like hey you know what you're important I'm important let's let's collab here let's try to you know like I, I don't know I feel like there's such a a divisive nature here that's fucked up. Why? So where do you think that stems from? Colonization. Colonization? Yeah. I mean, they set they set themselves apart when they forced all of the natives onto reservations. When, you know, when they, you know, enslaved everybody. And then, you know, and they fought for supremacy. They still, I mean, not... I'm not saying white people. I'm saying politically. You know, in the media, what do they always do? They always try to find. They're always trying to find ways to to divide us or to be like, oh, look at this group. They're being hateful and crazy and da 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 da. And then on another one, you'll see the other group being hateful and crazy and da da da. And it's like, dude, they're never showing the good shit. They're never showing when we're all marching together. They never show when cops walk up and hug us. They never showed when, even when I sang to the cops, a change is going to come. That shit never shows. The good stuff never shows. Instead, they just show what they think is going to cause civil unrest. And that's disgusting. 
That's fucking gross. They Why would a, they want to do that to us? They have a vested interest in civil unrest. Yeah, but they, it's... They are... I think that they are doing that more now than I've experienced in the past. And I think it's because of the loss of control over dissemination of information. They yeah. are... They, if you think back even 30 years... Um, you know, you had four channels and the news was on at five and that was how you got all of your information about everything that was happening. And now that was Now we it. get to talk to each other. Now, right, and now <laughs> I can pick up this tiny pocket computer and I can type in anything and learn about it. Yeah. And so there, and, and on top of that, there's so many different, there's so many different places that I can get that information from. And I mean, I believe that so they're all at, fighting for the attention, basically. Right, exactly. And I look at that like, I, what I do is I'll, if I see something and I'm like, huh, that's interesting, I want to learn about that, I'll look it up and I'll read a right-wing publication and a left-wing publication and I'll find somewhere in the middle is yep. probably where the truth is. <laughs> that's how and, I've always been. And, and that's why people hate me. <laughs> right, I know. And I have, I mean, like, and, and you know, and asking the we've gotten to a point societally where we can't ask questions like what is like for for you brought up you know the colonization of america what is the difference between the vikings coming into england or um, there is none and us coming here yeah. what's the difference between Rome? constantinople doing all that no. shit <laughs> who took over constantinople uh, <laughs> i can't remember in istanbul istanbul yeah, so that's the song. No, 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 There's the people, know. and I, I can't I only remember. know the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, the, they took it, the, basically the Muslims took it from the Christians. Yeah. In essence, and that was a, that was a, and the conqueror, this I can't is, remember his This name. is honestly, it's nothing new. It's something that's just happened since forever. And that's, and what I'm saying now is like, now that we're evolved to this point, can we stop? Now that we've made it to this point where we see other people as other people, can we stop? Like, what is the point of dominance? Like, if you've ever tasted power, it's disgusting. I hated it. I was a manager at a restaurant, and it was a living fucking hell. I fought hard for that promotion just to be treated like shit by 17-year-olds all the time. Like, and eventually I was like, I don't want that kind of power. I don't want to lord over people. That's gross. Like... What I want is I want everyone around me to see that they're all leaders. I want them to lead their own journey. I want them to see that they don't need to control or possess anybody or anything. How like, do you? How does that? How is that created? So that's something that. That's not something that just. That's not something that just happens. I mean, even if you look historically, there is a. There is a specific type of person that can step into a situation like that, uh, and. And it takes a lot of really, really hard work from that person to create that for those people. To empower, like, I've been in leadership with T-Mobile. Um, I don't know if I can say that on a podcast. I don't know. I don't, um, know. <laughs> I don't I, have rules. <laughs> yeah, there, there is, a, there is a, like, and I, I have, that's one, of my, that's one of the things that I loved about that job. Yeah. Before, because before they abolished that position that I was in, because I had, you know, 50, 15 people that I worked with every single day that I was responsible for their performance from the corporate overlords. You know, mm-hmm. they looked at me and said, 
why is your team not performing, essentially. And so my responsibility was to empower them to be able to perform in that in the way that the company needed them to while still making sure that they're feeling fulfilled. See, and my bosses were always telling me you need to be harder on them. You need to and that you know me. That ain't my that ain't me. Right. Like and now like they just gave me a promotion at Homegrown. I don't know if I can say that. But um, <laughs> they just gave me a promotion there and and I was like happy to accept it because they don't want me to be a dictator overlord, you know, like previous employers. Right. You know, and like, and over there, my entire job is uplifting people, helping them get their shit done, you know, and I never feel overworked or like tired of their shit. It's fucking awesome. But, right, well, know, and that's the balance. And that's the difference between being a leader and being a boss or being right. controlling or dominant over people, you know? Right, and, and, like the from my experience in leadership, you get what get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. Like that is um, there. There's definitely a balance of that because there's times when you have to hold accountability. There's times when you have to have tough conversations and say, "Come on, I need more from you. I know that you're capable of giving me more. Yeah, that you're not giving me right now. Why? And that why is the most important part. And that's what's missed so often is is figuring it out. Like with my with my reps, I could tell you why they woke up every single day. I can tell you why they came into work. What what drives them? What motivates them? What are the aspects of their job that they enjoy? What are the aspects of their job that they don't enjoy? What are the things they don't like to do? Um, you know, do they have families? All of, like you get to know them on a deep personal level, not as friends, but as boss. But it's okay to it's okay to be a boss and still have a really deep relationship with a person. Yeah. And that will just, that just, I mean, in my opinion, makes it even more, even more impactful when you sit down with them and you say, hey, you're not giving me a hundred. Yeah. You're giving me 60 right now and I don't know why. Why? And they may come back with, well, my toe hurts and I just don't feel like it. And you say, okay, well, what are we going to do to fix it? Like, what are we going to do? Because this is my expectation of you. When you set that expectation, yeah, it's, it's okay to do that. Um, where, I mean, in my experience, where I've felt like I'm, where I have a boss as opposed to a leader is when there's not the, there's not mutual trust, understanding, and there's no, ex, there's no firm expectations. Yeah, of I, what I hate that. That flighty, needed. like, come up with rules on the spot bullshit. Right. That, yeah, because, yeah, honestly, that's, sorry, it's kicking in. Anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> okay, um, yeah, so that kind of reminds me of something somebody told me. They were like, I want to be such a good leader that people are not afraid of the punishment of doing wrong, but more afraid of my disappointment mm-hmm. when they do wrong. And I'm like, yes, because it's kind of like being a parent, you know? Like, if your child respects you, they don't want to disappoint you, you right. know? You have to, like, get them... I mean, they and they never respect you in the first 10 years or 18, but I'm, eventually yeah. it gets there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. But, you know, it's like, I just kind of... I address everything, like just as a mother like from I like I treat everyone like I know that this is somebody else's child 
how would I want somebody to treat my child when they're talking to them? How would I want them, you know, right. like if this was my kid's first job, how would I want their boss to be towards them, you know? And so for me, I always try to be like, take like the empathetic like approach to it where I'm just like, I need to, you know, I need to come from a level of compassion and wanting the best for them. You know, when you're just, or when people are just out looking out for their own best interests, like, then that's setting up everybody else for failure, you know? And that's not teamwork. That's not leadership, you know? A leader wants to have, you know, a team so good that if, you know, if if, if need be, and, like, say, you know, I had a stroke on the spot or whatever, and one of my, like, employees needed to you know, take over my role, I want to know that every single one of them are capable of it. Right. Like, because I want to be surrounded by leaders, free thinkers, like, autonomous people. I don't want, I don't want to be around sheep, you know? That's gross. <laughs> I think, though, that it's an inevitability that in, 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 in every group I've ever worked with, there's been at least one person that is not that. Where it's a, so, um, I do, I do, consulting uh, for, I do consulting sometimes for leadership and uh, one thing that we talk about a lot is how to determine whether it's a skill issue or a will issue. If it's a skill issue, it can be taught. If it's a will issue, that's behavioral. And then can can that will issue be changed through positive reinforcement? Yeah. And if not, then that is then there's nothing that you can do as a leader ultimately at that point. Yeah. There's, yeah. And I, I, I say nothing hesitantly because there's always other things you could try. Yeah. But you have to look at return on investment at that point. Yeah. Not looking at people as a number, but... But you have to return. consider you're, you're investing your money in them for time. Right. Like, it is a business transaction, so it does need to be treated as such. Right. And, like, are, you know, it's like... If, if I'm going to pay you, I'm paying for top quality, you know, whatever. And that's my perspective on that, you know. Right. You want to step outside? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. I just blow it through my shirt. I feel that. It, it's like a little nicotine injector. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, my experience in... About one out of every ten to twelve people is going to have a will issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just historically yeah. in my life, from my experience, that has kind of been what I've ex- what I have experienced. I and mean, I know it's wishful thinking on my part, but right. I'm just saying <laughs> that that's how I lead. I lead with the intention of that. You right. Know? Um, but yeah, there's always there's always going to be you know the the people who who just don't find the leader in themselves. And that's fine, too. If you don't find the leader in yourself... Well, I mean, I hate saying you when I'm talking in general terms. Yeah, when, you can you say... Know, I, I okay, <laughs> like... Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like, you know, if if they can't find it in, within themselves, there's nothing wrong with that. But Do you think that everybody has that? The, the potential to be leaders? The capability The capability of being leader. I absolutely do. Yeah? Um... Because I've seen people in my life that I never thought could lead, lead, 
I've also seen great leaders become terrible leaders, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself was a terrible leader and became okay. You know, I mean, for me, too, I'm such an anarchist in so many ways. Like, I, I have this romantic idea of humans where I'm just like, man, they're so great. They can do so much. Like, why the fuck, why do you need somebody telling you what to do? Why do you need, you know, somebody else to set your direction for you? Just freaking do it. You're capable. You're a god. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's, it, it can be frustrating when you see all this potential in somebody and they just don't see it. They don't feel it. They've got confidence issues because of whatever they have confidence issues for, there's so many, you know, reasons for that, but... Right. And, I don't know, I feel like what really ultimately changes anybody into a leader is finding that, is finding their strength, you know, and realizing that being a leader, you know, sometimes means taking your own path and not needing followers, you know? Right. Like, there's, sometimes that's just how it is. Be a leader of your own mind, you know? Right. Yeah, I had a... One piece of advice that was given to me from one of my mentors pretty early in leadership, and this just popped into my head, and I don't know why, because it's not related to anything that we were talking about, but... It's totally fine, I'm um, <laughs> One thing that he... One thing that he one of the biggest piece of advice that, have, that I've carried with me that has helped me is he used to just say, like, just embrace the silence. When you're, when you're sitting, and this is primarily around having a different, difficult conversation with mm-hmm. someone, you know, that uh, when somebody is either not performing or, or doing something incorrectly and they're resistant to the way that it needs to be done, uh, he said embrace the silence. So when you ask why, why is that not happening, and then you just sit, and you just wait. You, the ball's in their court. And he would say, imagine every conversation like you're throwing a ball back and forth. You really you want to be listening to what that you want to be listening to what that person is saying intently, and you want to be hearing them. Yeah. But sometimes the ball is in your court, and sometimes it's your turn to to either give advice or to probe more or things like that. And sometimes it is the other person's turn, and you can't. You know, you can't hold the ball all the time. You have to pass it back to them. Yeah. And it's okay to expect them to, to and respond. That's where you're letting them take the lead, in a sense. Right. Um, it, it kind of uh, goes to that point of, like... Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, this is how I do all my podcasts. So this is, you know, just part of my process here no it's all good I'm not worried about it yeah no so uh yeah no it just all ties into how you know like oh wait yeah giving them the opportunity I'm going to put the ball back in your court for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, embrace embrace the silence. (laughs) I know, like... um, But, um... Oh, I... It's right there. Yes. Okay, so, like, you know, being a leader, too, being an effective leader also means being...
teachable. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like all, oftentimes there are so many leaders that just like they start out, you know, and with just this idea like I've gotten here, I have nothing left to learn, you know, that's, you know, and that's, you know, part of it as mm -hmm. much, you know, did I already say that? No. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if I said it or thought it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, yeah, it's yeah. definitely yeah. being teachable and I mean, I like... I to this day have mentors that I that I talk with and that I well it's more message with dude I feel now, that but I, I have, have several mentors <laughs> right if like where if I have a thought or a question or, or anything you have to have resources to go to and to learn from because there will always be somebody who knows more than you about anything ever exactly and In the great thing about mentors is that you feel like no matter how many people you mentor, you're still a student, you know? Right. That's what, I love that feeling. I yeah, love learning. Definitely. Sorry. Um, what? <laughs> I said sorry. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I have like, I feel like most of my mentors are actually veterans. You know? Veterans? Yeah, like... And it's hilarious because, you know, I'm so against authority, but so are they. Right. <laughs> you know? And it's like... Because they lived with it. Yeah, they've been <laughs> screwed over so much that they're like, you know what, yeah, fuck the man, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, and yeah. like, oh, they're, they're awesome. And honestly, like, just three weeks ago, I was, like, sitting there, like, you know, trying... I was exposing this guy for being a Nazi and I was like yeah get him da 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 and then I, I sat down with one of my mentors and he's like he's like is that really what you want he's like has that ever ended racism and I'm like god damn it right. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like you know yeah. and then he woke me up and then I started like just re-purging re that message you know to everybody else because I because it, it was like an epiphany I was like dude anger is not strength like, right. or hatred is not strength you know right. anger can be hatred you know that's it's it's regressive you know it yeah it it's a form of repressing ourselves if you would mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know what is the on mass what do you think the motivation to to devolve into that is though like, what do you think is the driving factor for people to devolve into that? It's emotional. You know? Yeah. Like, it's when you get so fed up with bullshit or whatever. Like, for in my in my case, like, you know, I was like, after the George Floyd thing, you know, and then rather than proving everyone wrong, all the police did was retaliate with more brutality, you know? And so we were like, okay, there in it is. Way? You know, well, with the tear gas, the flashbangs, the, you know, the excessive force. Like, I was at a protest with my child. Everything was freaking peaceful, you know, whatever. He was off with his dad on the other side or whatever, but everything was peaceful. And then all of a sudden, there's freaking, you start hearing it, the tear gas being thrown and the flashbangs and shit. And they were just walking, 
they weren't doing anything. And right now, there are some people building a case against the Salem Police Department for that because rather than meeting us with understanding, they just started attacking us. We were, we're just fucking walking, you know? Right. And, like, I don't know. It, it gets to the point where if you infringe on people's rights so much, you know, that that anger builds up and builds up and then we start feeling like, you know what, fine, fuck you then, you know, like, and then, you know, and so when I saw that guy flying his Nazi flag all over town, it just, it filled me up with all kinds of rage. I was like, now we have fucking Nazis? Did they not learn the first time they lost in a war to Americans? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, Jesus, yeah. I mean... Germany lost twice. Yeah. One and two. And, and they still have the audacity to fucking roam the streets of America. And and people don't look at them like they're terrorists. Like, I'm sorry, but from my perspective, that's terrorism. Totally. You know? Who, who I, doesn't, though? Who? Uh, like, I don't know. Just some, some... You know, like, those people who are like... Oh, they're utilizing their freedoms, and which I totally okay. Yeah, utilize your freedoms, but if you're using it to menace, or you're using it to incite violence, or to incite racism and all that shit, that's terrorist. There, that's terrorism. You know, that's there's it's nothing short of that. Like, um, there was a police officer who just put out a video about some groups that he found planning to do this huge attack on the Black Lives Matter movement on the 4th. And it's like just a bunch of white supremacists all over the place who have just been planning this. And I'm like, but why? Like, and for how long have they just been hiding, waiting for this moment? You know, like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's scary when you're, well, from my perspective, being a colored woman, that's scary. I don't want to have to be afraid to walk down the street thinking that, oh, you know what, I might just get taken by the KKK today, you know? Right. Like, it's it's scary. Mm -hmm. And that guy, Nathan Bates, he, like, he, he attacked my friend's wife. He was in trouble for rape. Never got, you know, prosecuted or whatever. I don't know. He's on the streets. That's all I know. Mm -hmm. and, and it's fucked up. To me, to think that that guy is just existing, you know, <laughs> like, but, and so that's where my rage came from, and that's why I was like, fuck him, da, 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 right. and, and my rage and my fear, you know, and so, but then eventually I was like, it's not productive, mm -hmm. like, it's just not, and feeding, giving him all that attention and infamy is exactly the what he was trying to get out of it right so really i just fed into what he wanted for his ego and that's where i was like well now i fucked up you know yeah and like and i i feel like it takes so much for me to like get to that point of feeling hatred for another person and for me to just feel that without not you know knowing this guy or anything about him that's uh -huh. crazy like that he could stir that kind of emotion in me this petty ass kid that I don't even know you know right and like so I got you know so my perspective changed and what about it was it what it, what about it do you think spurred that in you 
Well, when I was seven, I got attacked for being colored, you mm-hmm. know, at school, and I had my teeth knocked out. So I have, like, a flipper, and, like, I got implants here, but, yeah, the freaking, just, I don't know. I just think about that, you know? I think about what, what about all the other seven-year-olds in the world? Like, no seven-year-old should have to know what it's like to bite into concrete. Like... I'm sorry, you should not have to know that. And I did. I grew up in one of the most racist towns, in the most racist church, going to the most racist, like, you know, private schools and shit. Like, and for what? Like, just to fuck me up later in life? Like, and I know it was not my mom's fault. You know, she's white. She thought she was doing a good thing. But... When you send a brown kid to an almost all-white school, like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, you know, and I don't know. I had a shitty-ass childhood, and those deep-seated, like, fears and emotions from all that, because I know, I know what it's like. I know how bad it can get, you know, from experience. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want my kids to see that shit, you know? I don't want you or your kids if you have any. I don't know. I don't want anybody to have to see that shit. It's fucking gross. Right. I keep using the term gross just to emphasize how much I loathe, like, racism and everything it births. And so, yeah. That, like, it was a very emotional response for me. It was, like, and I'm not an over, like, an overly emotional person, so that was kind of crazy for me to step out of myself. You know, but or step into myself. I don't know. Right. One of the two, in a like a primal way, almost. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, for me, I have. I may have a. I may have a, a, a warped view of the situation, having not. I mean, having not lived as a minority. So. And I'm, I acknowledge that, but for me, the I mean, when it comes to systemic racism, what do you think is the solution to that? What do you think is the is the potential rectification or the next well, step in I evolution, think, as we were talking about? I think that we should stop allowing churches to run schools first and foremost. There's they're there for spiritual, you know growth or whatever they are not there for stem education they don't teach science they barely teach math they should not be in the educational system at all okay that should be two completely separate things and then i think too like that indoctrination like there should be like some sort of like you have to teach your kid all the things you know like (laughs) i don't know if you're gonna teach them one thing teach them all the things don't just you know, and, and so I, rather than trying to push that idea on other people, I spread how it's effective for me. You who know, is, and who is the regulatory body of that? Though? That's the concern that I yeah, run into. Yeah, but that's the thing. It doesn't need to be. Because if you spread, if one person spreads a message to three people, three people will then spread that message to three more people each. And so on and so forth. We can, we can create growth and evolution just from these conversations. Just from hearing another point of view. Hearing opposing points of view is the best way to find that. 
progress and growth comes from the uncomfortable, you know? Right. And I think the only way that we could ever get to that point is on a personal level. Like, and that's why, like, every single day I dedicate myself to talking to three people, at least. You know, whether it's online or whether it's in person. Like, mm -hmm. I have... I have uncomfortable conversations. I have great conversations. Either way, like, I feel like I'm growing more as a person through it, you know? And right. I'm helping other people, too. But, yeah. Yeah, how do you... So, I guess what... My, part of my question is, is with the division that's going on right now, how do you, how do you foster that or create, create that outside of by force? So that's the issue that we're running into right now is we've got two opposing points of view. I don't believe that there, personally, I don't believe that there is a, a huge built-in systemic racism issue. I think that there are well, that goes, specific institutions that yes. are racist. Yes. Does that make sense? I don't think and that America as a whole is a racist place. I but agree. I think that there are I... aspects of America that are racist. Yes. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> and so my question is, is how do you go about, not you, but proverbial you, how do you go about, how do you go about uncovering the institutions that are racist in the United States and what is the best method for changing them? And that's the discourse that's being had right now. Well, you've got one side, you've got one side, ascent, well, really there's three because there's the peaceful, the, the, non-peaceful and then the police essentially is what it's been framed as which I think that I think that that is framed incorrectly I think it's more of a it's more of a class issue but yeah, in and of itself yeah. that is going to get that that can go horribly wrong as we've seen with Russia mm -hmm. um, you know with the well let's think about who benefits from it the pastors corporations the media all these wealthy ass people and that's why they continue to regurgitate it you know so what we have to do is we have to go straight straight for the fucking monster's throat we need to start taxing churches especially churches that run businesses through their through their churches so that they can have businesses untaxed that is fraudulent and that should be illegal and that's bullshit and children should never like like Sunday school, that's fine. But STEM education needs to be completely separate from any religious organization. And any like politician ever seen getting any kinds of funds from any kinds of church, they should be ousted immediately because there is a separation between church and state and that just shows a bias. And just like what we saw with Obama, how he was bought by that oil company. And so on Thanksgiving, he was allowing the Native Americans at Standing Rock to be brutalized by the military and the police. So, like, we need to get rid of the ability for them to own politicians. And same with corporations. No politician should be able to take any kind of sponsorship from any of them. They should have to run on their own dime, on my, in my opinion, if it means that much to them. Wouldn't that then cause an issue? Wouldn't that then... Oh, it would cause a lot of issues. Well, I mean, wouldn't that then make it less accessible for you or I to potentially work towards becoming president no. if I had to bankroll it? Nope. And here's why. Because our messages 
don't need money. Okay? We could have all the support in the world. We, we have the ability to sh- spread our message. Okay? And then if people wanted to personally donate, that's fine. But don't fucking, you know, but getting people who have the intention of owning you to sponsor you, like, that's gross. And that's the only thing I really agree with on Ber- with Bernie Sanders on. But what I do disagree on is that he kept all those billions of dollars that he got, that oh, he yeah. got so that he could, you know, continue running and living on it. And three lake houses. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking gross. And I'm like, why didn't you give that back? Right. Like you lost. Give it back. Like how dare you? You know. And so even on that front, I think it should be like music. You want to go on tour? Find a manager. Find a manager. <laughs> right. You know, make it happen. Earn it on your own dime. Like, and you know what? Then it would be more likely that you or I could get it because you know what? Nobody's listening to Donald Trump. Nobody's listening to Joe Biden. They're listening to us. Normal people with tattoos and piercings, bad attitudes, who drink and smoke, you know, they're listening to us because they're tired of those old-ass ideologies. Right. And (laughs) Yeah, I I saw a pretty funny meme that was like... um, I can't remember, but it was like, really America, out of everyone, out of all of the brilliant and capable people in the country, two geriatric pedophiles are the, are the, are the best we've got. But it's, America, but, why? Right. But it's like, even, but the, I mean, like, for me, it's, I'm, I, I voted... I voted Libertarian. I'll probably vote Libertarian again. I am. I'm voting for JoJo. Yeah. She's the best candidate if, we got. If we can get 5% of the population to vote Libertarian, then we get uh, public matched funds. Yep. Uh, which will essentially make it... Uh, it will make it a minor party. You all hear that? You better vote. Yeah, vote JoJo. <laughs> vote JoJo. Third party. But if we can get a libertarian, that would that would be ideal. Uh, I think. It would be so perfect. Right in the middle. The balance between the, the you know, something to bring both sides together. I feel like that would be perfect, honestly. Right. Put us in that middle ground. Give us that libertarian. And, <laughs> right. And I think, I mean, I don't know that Joe Biden will be able to beat Trump. But it doesn't matter who beats who. They're both the same fucker in the different skin. Well, yeah. I mean, to a certain degree, I think that from a values from a values standpoint, I think that Joe Biden would probably be worse from the for the country. Yep. In my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, than than Trump is and has been. He's. Yep. I mean, think about it. Bill Gates didn't even want Trump in on the COVID thing. Right. Like, Trump is, was completely ignorant to all that because everyone in government thinks he's so stupid they don't want to share all their real information with him. Why would they? He's a loudmouth and an idiot. He's I think he's smarter the safest, than people give him credit for. He's the safest choice because we've already experienced him for four years and we <laughs> right. know what to expect. Right. <laughs> like, it's like Twitter and idiocy. But I ain't voting for that fucker either. I think that. I think that he's smarter than people give him credit for. Oh, I know, but he's a, got dementia. He's who, he's an Joe inter- Biden or both. <laughs> but, yes. but, uh, when you turn seventy nine, but it's like he he just oh, it's about to end. Oh. But um, 
Yeah, so he he basically just fuck it distracted me. I'm like a dog. So, uh, um, dementia. Yes, I have it too. No I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, but he's like, but he freaking, uh, he freaking. Yeah, he'll have moments where he does something fucking awesome. And I've even posted about it and gotten a lot of hate. And I'm right. like, don't beat a man down when he's doing the right thing. Give him a chance to, right. to change let his him, ways. Let <laughs> like, stumble upon something positive yeah. on accident. And give him positive reinforcement so that he'll keep fucking doing it. Right. Like, the more you bash him, the more he's like, well, if I'm an asshole anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like... <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. But I feel like we could, like... I don't know. I feel like we could get that libertarian vote. I think so, too. And she is such an awesome woman. I wish anybody would look her up. She is so freaking hilarious and cool. She's She's got the spirit. I think that if not this year, because I think it might be a little bit too divided still for this year, um, I don't know that we'll be able to get the 5% even because you've got the people that there's either, there's either pro-Trumpers or there's never-Trumpers. Um, I don't know that there's a huge amount of people in the middle. I actually do. I, You know what's funny? Out of all the conversation I've had, or all the conversations I've had, <laughs> God, I cannot speak right now. Um, <laughs> like, uh, within just the last week or so, I have learned so many people really are in the middle. And so many people are so terrified of the hate that they're going to get from either side that they're terrified of talking about it being in the middle. And I want to embrace it. I want everyone to be proud of it. I want people to be proud of being faulty humans with good ideas, you know? Now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. Well, that's why I stay off social media for the most part politically is because I know that a lot of my opinions are, are, would be demonized. Well, share them with me. Share them with me. You know? Fuck it. If, If anybody else can't hear your messages, I will. Because... That's what I'm about. I love talking about it. I love, I love learning new shit. You know, every day it's something cool and interesting. Right. Yeah, dude. I'm all about it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know. It's. Yeah. I mean, it. It. I think that. I th- uh, my fear is with the current political climate that it's going to create more racists. I think that that is a, I think that that's a huge likelihood right now. I feel like that's kind of accepting defeat before we even got there. Well, how? How do you mean? Because you're already throwing out that you, that's what you, you like rather than saying okay, that's what you think will happen. So mm-hmm. that's what you what you're saying to me you think that this is going to happen right by saying that you're not considering the alternative path that it doesn't and that there's a way to stop that now you know like there is right now what is education these conversations doing this shit talking to people on a personal level because you know what anyone who meets me can't be racist I'm freaking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess what I'm saying is I'm saying that with the division and the the division between between the left and the right right now, my fear is is that the is that 
the current political climate is going to push the right towards push the right towards towards more of a fascistic type of of entity. But we know when the right goes for too far. We oh, know yes. when yes. racial superiority goes too far. Yeah. We don't necessarily know when the left goes too far. Oh, there's I do. No, I mean, there's, there's... If you go too far on either side, you become racist and intolerant. <laughs> right, but either what, side. Is, what is that point? What is that... I mean, how does that manifest as, as a liberal or as a Democrat? Well, from a, what I've seen a lot is they start... Anybody who, like, appears a certain way or even asks a certain question, not even with any intent behind it, they're so quick to say that this white person...